If you will, be turning to the book of Luke, chapter 11. We're going to look at just a few verses here to start off with as our foundation. And they're very elementary. Uh, And the things that we'll be looking at this morning are really first principles. But the illustration is very powerful. It's something so basic that uh, we see it every day in our lives. And I want us to explore these few statements that Jesus has uh, spoken to his disciples. We're going to begin in verse 32. And this is after uh, the Jews were asking for a sign. And Jesus is going to respond to them. It says, the men of, men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it away in a cellar, nor under a basket, but on a lampstand, so that those who enter may see the light. The eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear... Your whole body also is full of light, and when it is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Then watch out that the light in you is not darkness. If if therefore your whole body is full of light with no dark part in it, it will be wholly illumined as when the lamp illumines you with its rays. I find this very interesting, the juxtaposition that Christ uses and that God and the Holy Spirit through the inspired writers uses on numerous occasions between light and dark. And we're going to explore this morning, what what is this that Jesus is really talking about here, particularly focusing in on verse 35 to watch out that the light in you is not darkness, that you don't have a dark light. Since the first dawn, darkness has been separated from light. We read about this in Genesis 1 and verse 4, where God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. The very nature of these two constrains segregation. They are antitheses of one another, unable to coexist. We see this in the nature around us, in the natural world. These forces set the ambience in our lives and evoke emotion. And truly, it can be said, where light dwells, darkness cannot abide. It is with this primal knowledge that God has used to speak of the elementary principles concerning man's condition and reference his salvation. Turn with me over to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9.
Well did Isaiah speak of the condition of the earth when the Son of Man came to illumine the nations. Beginning in verse 1. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nations, you shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning, fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and a government will rest on his shoulders." His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul, I believe, is making reference to this written of by Isaiah. In chapter 4 and verse 6 of 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote, for God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And John, in a very familiar passage, also wrote about the origin of our inner light in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. Speaking of Christ, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light came in the age of our ignorance to impart the knowledge of God to the darkness of our mind. Man saw the light and heard the word. But he did not accept. Turn with me over to John chapter 3. A few pages over. John chapter 3, beginning in verse 19. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. Back over in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah speaks and is oft quoted, especially by our Lord, of the condition of man as they heard Christ speak and saw the wonders. Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 9, he said, Go and tell this people, 
Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, and their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and return and be healed. These passages relate to us that to have light within us, we must gather it from the true source, that is Christ. Turn with me over to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. Beginning in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. In Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, it reads, To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Acts 26 and verse 18. The iris of our heart must open to change the flesh of our mind into the Spirit of God. The eye is the window into the soul, as we've often heard and as the Scriptures say. It is a temporal gateway into our spiritual side. With it, we affect our walk into eternity. Therefore, we must keep vigilant as to what we look upon. Did you hear Tom pray Psalm 119.105 this morning? Or was there a bit of dark light that was clouding your mind as we were praying together? Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Proverbs 6 and verse 23, For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light, and reproofs for discipline are the way of life. We must be guarded about what our eyes see, what we perceive. And the best way to do that is to keep them firmly focused on the light from the Word. Because the flesh is constantly at war with the Spirit. Paul writes about this in vivid detail in Romans 7, where he talks and discusses about the two natures. And you can see the struggle between the inner light and the inner dark in his own body. These were men as well that faced the same temptations that we do today. 
and had to have the same guard that we must have when we face the world apart from the Word and our brethren and those that can keep us safe from those influences. The carnal is something we must ever strive to bring under control. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes about this again. Ephesians chapter 6, famous passage where he talks about the armor. He also mentions the darkness in verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly places. Our spiritual optic nerve can become damaged if we look away from the light. Back again over in 1 John, where the writer there talks about a lot about the light. 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. The one who says he is in the light, and yet hates his brother, is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. What must we do when we're faced with our own inner darkness, the dark light that creeps in in our own mortal bodies? Back over in Luke chapter 11, where we began, back to the words of Christ for some guidance. We understand that we must look inward, because this is where this is all coming from, the inner dark light. The word that is translated clear in the New American Standard and good in the NIV, when your eye is clear or your eye is good. In the original Greek, and it's actually translated correctly in the King James Version, is single. When your eye is single. And that gives a purpose of thought. As we gain insight into godliness through the Word, we begin to attain to that singleness of thought. We look inward to see if our faith is the one faith of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, Paul admonished us to test ourselves to see if we are in the faith. He says, examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test. I'll recall in Ephesians 4, where he wrote, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. The singleness of thought, that our eyes, that are the gateway to lighten our bodies, become single. 
In Luke chapter 11 and verse 35, we also see an interesting phrase. And that is, watch out. Watch out that the light in you is not darkness. That's an interesting phrase because it is something that we must also do. We must watch outwardly the things that come forth from us because they betray the inner man. In Mark 7 and verse 20, Jesus proclaimed all things, all things that are eaten clean when he said that the things that go in don't defile a man, but it's the things that come out that we are defiled by. Envy, murder, adultery, lust. These are the betrayals of the dark light that may be buried within our own selves. We must watch outward to battle the darkness within. In 1 John 1 and verse 8 through 10 that we've already read this morning, I want to read this again. Because realizing the inner dark takes honesty and not a little bit of courage. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. We know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It just takes that bit of courage, that belief, the faith that God will actually forgive us, that He will wipe the slate clean, and that we can start fresh and illumine our souls with the light that God has sent for our redemption. That is Jesus Christ, our Lord.